Howdy, and welcome back to my favourite podcast, the FPL Jingle. And you'll be delighted to hear the sultry tones of Owen Conheedy today. Uh, the wicked Stephen Meiselbeck has been demoted to uh, a co-host or assistant to the host. Uh, thanks to Stephen Lyons for doing his bit. How did you enjoy last week, Steve? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed having Steve on. Um thought it was a really good podcast and uh, I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I uh, usually do. And I, I'm trying to figure out why, but uh, uh, maybe it'll come to me as we record. I'm almost certain that the listenership has rapidly decreased. But uh, mm, I don't know about that. You, you, you don't sound like you have any actual facts to back that up. There was one very good Steve and one very not. Nah, I mean, uh, even a even a not good Steve is better than a good own. <laughs> uh, okay, but yeah, no, I listened to it. It was a good podcast. Um, thanks again to Stephen Lines for jumping in for me. I was obviously away on a holiday with Lisa around around Central Europe. Uh, How was it actually, by the way, on? Yeah, fantastic. Um, like the highlights. I got to see Bayern Munich, Benfica, seven goal, not a seven goal thriller, but a seven goal game. Um, and pints are cheap in there. They give you a liter jug of beer, so like I only had oh, to get nice. two. Like I got one per half. It was mighty. And How much was it? Eight euro. Oh, geez, so yeah, that's good value. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And what I was on the what top. What kind of, of beer was it? Um, I don't know. I actually don't know what beer. <laughs> you drank <laughs> it, but you have no idea. No, I did. Like <laughs> you just knew it was cheap. It, it came in like a, a plastic jug like a clear plastic jug that you'd like i don't know like your mother would use for baking or something i don't know it was uh that was a nice it was nice it had a handle so then it stayed cold because your hand wasn't on the beer do you know mm-hmm. um yeah we got to the top of Inns- innsbruck and we went through the black forest and we had a great time and went to all the irish pubs along the way uh how was your time off Stephen, or your time in between yeah yeah Granted, I, much less exciting than you. I uh, I sprained my MCL last week, so I was pretty much just resting it all weekend, just watching all the sport, either the soccer or the rugby or the uh, NFL or the F1. So there was, was a lot it a of sport. Self pleasure injury or what happened? <laughs> no, no, I was playing soccer, and uh, one of the lads came across and uh, gave me got caught me with a bad challenge, but uh, it wasn't even like it was a. It wasn't even like it was a, an eleven aside game or anything. It was just a kickabout. So, but anyway, look, I'll be fine. I'm already on the mend. Yeah, right. to brace off and brace off and walking around a lot better now. You'll be right before you're married. I'll be right before the trip to Amsterdam. Oh, thank God. Please God. Please God. Anyways, enough shit talk. I think. Um, do you want to go through your match up first, Stephen? Uh, well, we might go through the matchups for the league first and maybe call out a couple of give a couple of special shout outs what do you think a bit of abuse yeah go on yeah go on so so uh Uncan Heedy uh managed to scrape a draw again or uh, sorry not a draw a win against Thomas um 14 points victory mm, scraped it um John Scanlon had a win against uh Mark Lossi. uh Mitch with the surprise win over Mark Gary um, whose whose team is also shite, I suppose. Mark um, was up around first or second there for a little bit, wasn't he? So uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's gone fairly quiet in the chat these days, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, what what would you bet on Mitch finishing above Mark? Oh, uh, we'll we'll get onto that in a second. Just hold that oh. thought. I'll just read out the rest of them and then I'll sh- I'll tell where they are in the league. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cahill had a win over Owen Dillon. Um. Uh, Porrick got a win over Tyg, but it was fairly close, four points in it there. I had a win over Mar- uh, Gary Fowley, but it was fairly close. It was uh, five points in it, and there's a, um, it was a lot closer than I thought it would be, considering his other performances <laughs> uh, this season. Uh, Connell got a win over Connor Skeen. Um, Steve got a, a very lucky win over Team Auto Draft because, of course, being Team Auto Draft, uh, Ray didn't set his uh, subs and he had Trent on his bench for nine points, and then the other two lads were one point each. I've I've so been would've... viciously shaking my fist for your entire description of this matchup. Not pleased. <laughs> <laughs> Old man yells a cloud type yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, he's very fortunate. Like, cause especially because it's so tight. Um, between all of us at the top. So he got a win there. Very fortunate. And uh, 
Paddy with a very close win over Andy Harrington. I, I think didn't realise this, this was a one-pointer. Yeah, yeah, it came down to the very last game of the week. And I think it was, um, uh, I think it might have been the Liverpool boys eventually got him over the line. But I mean, a yellow card and he would have, it would have been a draw like so. Uh, fairly tight. But uh, that, at the end of the at the end of the week, that left it, uh, Steve first on twenty eight points, you second on twenty five, me third on twenty three, Connell uh, fourth on twenty two, Porrick and Paddy uh, fifth and sixth tied on twenty one, uh, John Scanlon seventh on nineteen, Connor Skeen eighth and nineteen, uh, Mark Gary ninth on eighteen, uh, Mark Clossy tenth on eighteen, uh, Thomas eleventh on fifteen. Tyg 12th on 13. God, he's, he's really been... Uh, he kind of went boom or bust, and he's very much gone bust. Uh, but boom again. 13th. <laughs> Cahill 13th on 12. Mitch 14th on 12. Uh, Andy and Owen four, uh, 15th and 16th on 9 points. Uh, Gary uh, in 17th on 6 points. And Team Auto Draft uh, in, in last with 3 points. Leitrim propping us up there from the bottom of the table and also (laughs) both teams being knocked out of the cup this early doesn't bode well for uh, the Connacht participants no no it doesn't Um, but uh, to go back to your earlier question Owen so you have Mitch on 12 points in 14th and you have Gary in, in 9th on 18 points Mark Gary it's funny is Sorry, Merrick and Mark Gary, Gary always get mixed up anyway. Was it? Yeah, no, I just I was just um I wasn't looking there. Just a bit slow so today. There's Steve. six 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 points in it between them. And uh no, I no, no get Mark's gonna Mark's gonna stay where he is. I don't see any I don't see I'll Mitch. Ba- I'll back Mitch. Um, yeah, yeah. How about how about um I'll back Mitch and if Mitch finishes above Merrick, you have to sing a song on the podcast. And what, what if I win? I would surely like Mark's the easy one to back. But like, I didn't realize it was a betting scenario. Like, I, I like singing oh. anyway. I'll sing a song too. All right, fine. <laughs> go on. So, yeah. okay, yeah. Well, but the God, we'll, I don't. We'll... You, you know what you've done? You've made me inadvertently root for Mark Gary, which is not a thing I was looking forward <laughs> to doing. Like, it's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, Do you know like what? This week, really... he, he he fucking tried to get in with three sneaky waivers during that period when you can just kind of sneak him in. So that's why I'm rooting for Mitch this week. Yeah, go on. So, um, but uh, yeah, if we want to break down our matchups in a bit more detail, um, do you want to go first, on Seeing as I've been talking for a fair while now, I'll go first. Yeah, yeah. Sick of listening to you. Um, so am I. Yeah. All right, I had Allison on minus one. Did he, get, did he get a red? No, he got an own goal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jeez, that was a stinker. I actually saw that, yeah. Fucking hell. Uh, ben Chilwell, two. Cresswell, one. Diaz, six. Midfield, flying at Gallagher, seven. Havert, Gallagher, eight. Havert, seven. Bernardo Silva, seven. Then the forwards did nothing. One, two, two, and two from Ronaldo, Jimenez, Jimenez, Mane, and Son. So just my midfield and Ruben Diaz returning for me. Um, I don't think I had anything on my bench. No, I'd not. I actually had zero points on my bench. Canate, Laporte, Gross. Um, so thirty-seven points. Lucky to scrape a win in uh, in reality. Thomas had Martinez for two, Christensen for two, Cody for one, Livermento for six. I'd love to have Livermento. I love those Chelsea boys. Pinnock for one, KDB for three, Maximan for two, Saka for three. So, like, not the worst midfield in the world. Antonio for two. A minus one from Abemyang was unlucky. The missed penalty. And Jota with two points. That left Thomas on 23. Me on 37. Um, another lucky week for myself, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, Livermento is a solid asset to have, though. It seems like he... Even if Southampton don't keep a clean sheet, he'll usually get close to an assist or a goal. So, it seems like he's... Uh, almost constantly returning. Aubameyang was fierce unlucky with the penalty save, but if I'm being honest, uh, he probably shouldn't have been taking it anyway, given that last week, he or the game against Villa, he missed one but got the rebound. Um, Like, Jota, yeah. I mean, Jota and Antonio, like they were playing each other and it was always going to be a bit of a tough game. Um, 
Saka is good. Still a 3-2, you would have expected a return from at least one of them. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Um, yeah, like you said, midfield is solid. Saka, Maximan, De Bruyne. Like, you figure with Eddie Howe there now, Maximan probably, hopefully, returned a bit more for you. Kevin De Bruyne has been a disappointment all season, so you hope he can eventually pick up his form a bit. And, um, yeah, like, you know, Martinez there. Um, d- difficult to see where they go at the moment, depending on future, on how things go in the future in terms of um, next manager in. But Christensen's a good asset to have when he starts. Um, you might look to waver out Connor Cody just because Wolves don't seem to be really keeping many clean sheets this season. But, uh, yeah, like your, your your midfield really came to the rescue for you there. Big time. Yeah, yeah. So, like, both Gallagher and Bernardo Silva not drafted, just guys that brought in during the season. Um, and what's that? 22 points from a three-man midfield. That, that you know, I just needed one more point to beat uh, or draw even with Thomas. So, yeah, absolutely exactly. came in. In top form. Uh, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned what, say, Maximan and other players might become useful under new managers, and we might discuss that later in the pod. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't want to go too in-depth into it, because uh, it's, it's something we will talk about in a bit more in-depth later on. Yeah, I think we've highlighted everything in this. Like, you know, my forwards... Uh, this, this week, four forwards in fantasy football scored, and one forward assisted. No other forward did anything. Uh, so I don't feel too bad about my guys not doing anything because no one did. But, uh, uh, lucky then that my mids went and did something because usually my defense backs me up. Um, but yeah, that was my week. Very good. Well, I'll, uh, I'll I'll take you through my week then. So I had Ramsdale who I wavered in for six. Uh, great pickup. Um, Cancelo I had eleven because he got the two assists in the clean sheet. Uh, Thiago Silva for two, uh, Reese James for four, got an assist. Robertson for one, uh, Madison for one, who I regretted starting. I, Connell advised me to start him when I was a bit hesitant, but I decided to do it because they were playing Leeds. You were vulnerable. Smith Rowe, yeah, Smith Rowe, who I wavered in, uh, another great pickup, got a goal and a clean sheet, eight points. Rashford one point, came on as a sub. Obviously, uh, Salah got an assist in that game. Uh, Tony did nothing uh, one point got a yellow card and Vardy did nothing two points but he had a, an assist ruled out for offside it was very tight but that's just the way it goes um, I was upset about Madison because I had Bowen on my bench for seven points so I was thinking god this game could have been a lot less closer than it probably ended up being but um, it kind of all kind of came down to the to final game between Liverpool and, and West Ham because he had Allison, who also, you know, same as yourself, got minus one for the the, the own goal and the the goals three conceded. goals conceded. He had Cancelo as well, so that cancelled me out. Uh, Sionku obviously didn't keep a clean sheet. Uh, neither did Tarkovsky, who also got a yellow. Uh, Van Dijk obviously didn't get a clean sheet and um, conceded three. He had De Bruyne for three, uh, Havertz for seven, Smith Rowe for eight, so he cancelled out my Smith Rowe. Uh, Tielemans for two, Greenwood for two, and Rashford for one. So, you know, um, you know the 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 highest scores for both of us. We ended up cancelling each other out on. So it was really kind of that uh, that Liverpool lack of a clean sheet that kind of saved me a bit there. Otherwise, I would have been in a bit of bother. Um, yeah, big time. Yeah, um, like I, again, I must thank Mark Gary for uh, for dropping Smith Rowe, so that allowed me to pick him up this week. Um. You're, who you're frustra- backing let's not forget <laughs> doesn't mean I can't give him shit uh, Rashford uh, I'm I'm kind of wondering what to do about Rashford obviously I'm not going to drop him but it's just kind of curious with United playing that three-five-two formation that the only place for him to fit into that team is in striker but obviously if Ronaldo's going to take one spot then does Greenwood or Cavani or Rashford like who takes up that second spot you know or Sancho like, yeah, there, there's a there's talk um, that Sancho is being uh, tested out at right wing back due to Aaron Wan-Bissaka's lack of attacking threat, which I can understand in a three-five-two because you are you are a lot more entitled to go forward. Yeah, Traore did it at Wolves there without really being without at all being a defender. So it it depends how good yeah. the centre backs are. Like who who do you back up Sancho with? Um, oh Lindelof? shoot! Yeah, that's a good question. Like. Um, 
probably like I'm thinking about it there like it's it's going to be Maguire the center, the, does he? Maguire being the center yeah and then I think Varane is left footed so he'd be naturally more suited to the left side and then probably Lindelof to the right but I mean yeah that's probably that, that realistically that's the way you do it and I know li- yeah but I saw yeah, 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 Lindelof know. isn't great but I mean you'd imagine that there'd be enough co- like if they're going to test out Sancho at right wing back then they're they're going to they're going to cover for him, you know. They're going to realize they sure they have to, but I mean, we'll get onto that later on. The, the yeah. coaching. Yeah. Um, so, um, the only only other thing I'd note in my, my team is that Ivan Tony might be getting the drop. He's just been very inconsistent and, or very poor since I picked him up. Nothing, doing nothing well, really. Brentford dropped off a cliff, really, didn't they? Like, yeah, they they have really. Um, they really have. If I just get up Brentford's fixtures here, um, they lost to Norwich and. Uh, they lost to a Norwich team who probably played them better than most other teams in the league <laughs> like they, they Norwich played them better than like Arsenal did or Liverpool did or Chelsea did and like it was just a, it was a surprising considering that they, they won that game yeah. that Daniel Farrick still got the sack but we'll, we'll get on to that Brentford have four losses on the trot aside from a win in the Carabao Cup and before that, they like you know they were flying it. They beat West Ham, drew with Liverpool, won in the cup, beat Wolves. Uh, yeah, they've they've very much come back down to earth. Like yeah. you, you, you know. So it's the international breaks probably come at a good time for them to try and hit the reset button and uh, and get back to the way they were. Because I think they're they're realizing that it's not as tough or it's not as easy. Sorry, as as they thought it would be when they first started off. Because I think I teams think now that they have a bit out. of. Uh, well, now the teams have a bit more tape on them. It's a little bit easier to understand how they're going to play and try and find the, the weaknesses in that. So Absolutely. Um, so two wins, two lucky wins for the boys. Um, it was ran tight with yourself. Um, I wouldn't say... Well, I mean, I was a little bit fortunate, all right. But, I mean, I was the... What was I? The second highest scorer this week. 42 yeah, points. 43 was the highest scorer this week. Yeah between Connell and Porrick so I'm con- I'm scoring cons- again I know I've harped on about this before but I'm always con- scoring consistently high but it's just the people that I'm playing always seem to be scoring high as well I never get a break yeah, well like just stop coming up against people with high scores I mean I don't know how many times I have to say it oh for fuck's sake right well we just move on and talk about this weekend's fixtures let's move on So let's take a quick look back at last week's fixtures. I'm going to start us off by running down through the results. Uh, the Saints beat Villa 1-0. Uh, Man United or Manchester is blue 2-0. Uh, Chelsea drew with Burnley 1-1. Palace beat Wolves 2-0. Norwich beat Brentford 2-1. A draw between Brighton and Newcastle 1-0. Everton and Spurs drew 0-0. Leeds and Leicester drew 1-1. A lot of low-scoring affairs this weekend, just as I read them out. Uh, Arsenal beat Watford 1-0, and West Ham beat Liverpool 3-2. Uh, so, first game I want us to have a look at, Steve, is Man United versus City. And we discussed that depth, the problems going on at Man United, and then there's been a change of formation, kind of, since we last spoke with the two forwards in a 3-5-2, or maybe even a 5-3-2. Um, uh, yeah, it's more of a three four one two because they still like to try and give Bruno that freedom as a ten. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we it feels like this is becoming the main top the topic of conversation because I think we talked about um, we talked about United on the pod last week and how even though they got a win over Spurs, it didn't really feel like it was much of a victory just purely because of how bad Spurs were. So we kind of said that this would be a real more of a test to see how they really would, would fare. And uh, the answer was not well. Um, it was men against boys. Uh, City completely dominated possession. They had, like, I think it was 68% possession for the, for the whole game. And... Um, they did what they needed to and didn't do need to do anymore. Yeah, a 2-0 up, they almost completely coasted. Um, they knew that United were never going to really get a shot away. United had more shots against their own goal than they did against Ederson, for Christ's sake. Um, yeah. And it it's just... It's just 
God, they didn't even put up a fight. Uh, they were. It felt like their their performance was just lacking anything at all. Like I know, I was watching the game and and I was listening to Roy Keane say, "If I was in that squad and we were doing that, I'd just go and hit someone just to make myself feel better." <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, that's yeah. such a Roy Keane thing to say, but it also kind of makes a little bit of sense because at least you kind of put a bit of niggle in the game. You kind of you kind of break City out of that like lull that they're in and maybe spark something there. But I mean, Jesus, I I don't know. I felt like the the. The, the the three five two just didn't really seem to matter at all. Like you know, I think Ali is trying to now introduce some sort of pressing style, but I don't think he knows how to do it. And I don't, I don't know. You just question the co- the, the lack of coaching at this stage. Yeah, um, it's it's, it, kind, it's kind of crazy when you look at the the value of players on Man United's bench, and then you see that Fred McTominay, Lindelof, Bailly, even Greenwood to a certain extent, Juan Bissaka are all starting. And you looked at our bench and you're like, you know, some of the some of what you thought were the best players going in Sancho, Rashford, even Lingard had no reason to not be allowed into this team, uh, is not there. Uh, fair enough, he's trying something new. He's, he's, he's clearly understood that. Well, well it's not new on. He just hasn't done it in over 50 games because he's never been under this much pressure. Well, he hasn't been under this much pressure in such a long time. But the other thing is that he he has to play Ronaldo. He can't not play Ronaldo because before what they would have done yeah. against a team like City, and what they would have done against Liverpool is they probably would have gone for a four five one, you know, four at the back, five five flat across the midfield, and Cavani up top, just running around like a run like mad. And then you, but you'd be able to hit them on the counter. You'd have pace from Greenwood and Rashford on either side, and um, you'd have Bruno pulling the strings like the whole team was built around Bruno and then the second Ronaldo arrived that changed and it, it, it's yeah we talked about it in depth it's yeah. about this before but it just feels like the team was set up fine before Ronaldo got there I'm not blaming Ronaldo and I'm not trying to say it's all his fault but uh, yeah I don't know I felt like they had a plan going and then he decided to scrap the plan because Ronaldo could have gone to City yeah um, yeah, we have talked about where we've spoken Man United to death at this stage. Uh, yeah, I mean, like it feels like you actually have Greenwood in that team to do the pressing that you know Ronaldo's not going to do, and then you don't even have wingers. So, yeah, it looks like a disaster. Yeah, but that, like, you know, the, uh, one asking one man to press is yeah. pointless because all they're going to do is pass it around them. Exactly. Um, to give City some credit here, they they played a very complete game. They uh, they got the goals they needed to. Uh, they dominated possession. They didn't give United a sniff. Not that they probably would have even gotten one anyway. And yeah, I mean, yeah. So like City, it was a very City performance. Yeah. I'm looking to see what do we learn, who do we pick up, who do we drop. Um, like I've already gotten out of the Man United defence. Uh, I also dropped Pogba. I still have Ronaldo, who I don't feel like I can drop. Pogba got injured today and he's likely out until after New Year's yeah. so you, there's no yeah. one really at Man United that you want like if you have the valuable assets you're holding but uh, that's yeah. not, not really inspiring confidence uh, at City uh, you'd only you'd only consider you don't just to end it there you'd only consider a United defender if they were coming up against someone like a Norwich like that's the only thing I would say yeah in much the same way you'd consider a Palace defender yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in the fact well not really interested just City didn't make a substitution obviously felt they didn't need to uh, Bernardo Silva played striker uh, Grealish didn't get a sniff Mara Sterling also sitting on the bench um, I uh, far be it from us to predict Pep Roulette did you read much into that Steve? Um, not a whole pile because I think Grealish up until this point has started nearly every game bar maybe one other game in the Champions League potentially um, I don't think Sterling is going to get in for a look. Uh, he seems to like Jesus out on the right, even though Mares is the the naturally better right winger. Um, like uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Gundogan when he's fit, he he comes into that side and starts. So you know, it's um, like you uh, you can predict you'd you'd be able to predict fairly confidently their strongest lineup, but. They just rotate so often that it'd be hard to say. Yeah. But um, like Sterling is probably the one that that's getting all the transfer buzz. Like there's a talk of a potential swap deal between him and Barca for Frankie De Jong, and 
Um, there's a lot of links with him and Barca, so and he's already said he'd be up to a move away if in in order to get more game time. So, you know, watch that space anyway. Would you drop Sterling if you had him? Oh, I would have dropped him ages ago. Yeah. Oh well. Um. Okay. That was the Manchester Derby. Uh, game number two that we wanted to take a scan set. Or, yeah, more specifically, I think the Palace team. Palace beat Wolves 2-0. And uh, I had a particular interest myself in what Palace forwards might be worth a pick-up. Um, but even even their defence now is worth considering. Uh, what do you make of this game, Steve? Um, I only caught the highlights, um, so I can't talk about the entire game itself. Um, I mean... What, what, uh, Wolves were pretty poor I mean bar a very clumsy challenge by Joel Ward that was originally awarded as a penalty but was later converted to a free kick via VAR um, they didn't really look like doing anything in this game um, I don't know how sound at the back Palace are given their previous results they do like to play fairly attacking uh, style so that kind of does leave them open at the back a bit more than they would have been under Hodgson but um, they're interesting anyway, you know. Um, you'd be able to predict, predict that back four fairly often. So if you were to if you were to think about who you want to bring in, you know, someone like Tyreek Mitchell is interesting. Koyate is interesting because uh, I think he's a defender in the game. In the game, but he also p- played in midfield for this game. I think. Um, yeah, yeah, he's he was centre mid. So you know, he's kind of a bit of a Lundstrom about him maybe this season. You know. Um, Joel Ward is their their starting fullback on the other side. Uh, Gwei he is their starting centre back. So, you know you can pretty so pretty predictable back four. Um, their attackers yeah. are are interesting as well though. Yeah, I, I I noticed on the last podcast you mentioned that Vieira has already managed to give them an identity, and you can see that in the regularity of the starting players. Um, yeah, but you mentioned the forwards, and uh, I have Gallagher myself, and I'm delighted with. Uh, Zaha got a goal I know he's available in our league Edward is there Benteke is there I wouldn't have a whole pile of interest in Benteke no I, also I, have... I, I, I did in the highlights of this game I saw um, Benteke had a free header from a corner headed it straight at the keeper classic Benteke so if you're looking at either of those two you're looking at, at Edward uh, he looks the more natural finisher um, from what I've seen Edward. of him so far yeah Alisa came off the bench got a yellow not that interesting uh, the other one to notice is Eze, who's coming back from injury. Maybe it's best to wait for him to play a game or two. Um, so, yeah, I mean, basically, outside of Zaha and Eduard at the moment, uh, and Gallagher, if you can get him, and, and then, as we mentioned, the Palace defence worth having a look at. Uh, on the Wolves side of things, I, out of impatience, dropped Bamford and picked up Jimenez, and I'm kind of already regretting it. Um, I don't know. Like Jimenez is their main striker, and he's gonna he's gonna score goals. Like he didn't score in this game, but he was he scored last week against Everton, and I think he scored the two weeks before that as well. So I for him not to do anything in this game, I wouldn't I wouldn't panic. Um, I am panicking, Steve. <laughs> well, there's nothing I can I'm do. Losing about the run of myself here. <laughs> Me and one draw me out the next. Me heads up my arse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, but I wouldn't be panicking about him and as just yet. Like wolves do usually play a more a better style of football than what they played in this game. They just didn't really turn up. Um, Huang Hee Chan looks interesting, and um, whether he's worth a, a pickup, I don't know. Um, but Trinkau is an, uh, also an, an interesting little player. He kind of adds a bit of flair to them. And then you know, like it's it's the it's the same it's the usual lads. Then it's Moutinho, Neves, um, Aitnouri, or um, Markal, or um, Semedo, um, and then your your Connor Cody and Sa in in the defence. But yeah, maybe not as solid at the back as last season. But like, I wouldn't be no. panicking about him and his. And like, if they kind of hit a bit of form, you you would be looking at maybe Huang Hee Chan. He hasn't done too bad lately. Yeah, Podence come off the bench. Traore come off the bench. Two Podence players is a him. funny one for me because like he was doing pretty well last season, and they just he looked I don't like know, the new, the new manager doesn't seem to fancy him. Uh, he kind of came back from injury, didn't he? And now he's just 
they well, it'll be interesting to see who he gets in ahead of in that starting lineup because I think Trincao is on loan from Barca and he's fairly highly rated and Huang Hee Chan seems to be playing pretty well like you wouldn't drop him either so we'll see yeah. Neto also coming back from injury there but yeah as you mentioned Jimenez and Huang Hee Chan are the two worth considering uh, the fullbacks tend to be available in leagues if you're looking to get into the Wolves defence mm. um, we'll move on to game three which was let me look at my notes look at my notes West Ham versus Liverpool 3-2 cracker absolutely yeah cracker. This, this game had everything you wanted in it controversial decisions in terms of a, of a potential red card for Cresswell an own goal uh, from the corner um, injuries Ogbonna uh, has um, it's been revealed has torn his ACL but the physios let him go back on anyway and then only for the fact that he got uh, an elbow in the head that split his that, that caused him to start bleeding he probably would have played on for longer um, uh, like uh, Trent with an absolute beauty of a free kick like you had it all <laughs> yeah Trent had a cracker of a game here um, yeah you're you're dead right um Antonio not returning was odd for a three goal haul for West Ham. Um and also West Ham staking their claim as top four finishers, I would say, uh given their performance. Um, yeah, I, I think they're gar- I think they're more or less guaranteed Europe for next season if they continue along this form. Uh whether it's in the ca- in the form of Europa League or Champions League is yet to be yet to be uh, decided. Um, I think that top four is, or that fourth spot anyway is going to be very uh, close contest. It's still very all up in the air. Um, but yeah, they they had a they rode their luck a bit against uh, Liverpool, but that's kind of what you have to do against the bigger teams. Like uh, two, I'd be interested two to hear on. Pieces, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, that's it. Like yeah. you know, the, the Allison own goal was from a corner uh, with the big lads like Susek and Ogbonna and. Uh, up up top, and then I think uh, Kurt Zuma was another set piece. Then so, it's a it's it's a very Dave Moyes kind of side. Um, but I'd be interested to hear on what did you think of the decision for Cresswell? Did you think it was a red card? Have you seen it? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Moving on. So. Uh, <laughs> moving along swiftly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Origi uh, uh, sc- actually scored a nice goal. Um. Like it, we were kind of giving me and uh, Connell were kind of giving him a bit of shit when he kind of came on, thinking like, "Well, what's he gonna do?" And then, like you know, bo- uh, like vo- volleys it onto his other foot, and then kind of um, scores it into the far corner. And we were like, "Oh, well, okay, <laughs> proved us wrong fairly quick." Fair enough. Um, yeah, but um, not not really a fantasy option though, is he? I suppose when Firmino's injured. Oh maybe. no, no, not at all. I, sorry, I wasn't trying oh. to say he's a fantasy option. I was just saying, like you know. He uh, he's he's uh, he's exactly what they want him to be. Come off the bench and score a goal every now and then, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thiago back from injury there in the def- midfield, but the Man United or the Liverpool midfielders are never really an option. Uh, Kanate also dropped or didn't get any minutes. So I think he's in my team. I think he'll be getting dropped because Matip has nailed that place down once well, more. Ma- well, Matip is the. Like Matip is the main starting uh, centre back alongside Van Dijk because he's quite good on the ball. He's able to distribute the ball well from playing out from the back, and I think he knows that's well. He he obviously knows that system a lot better just through being there for the last few years. Um, I just think Klopp feels more confident with Matip in there, but I think Kanata as well played during the week. Maybe he did. No, he didn't. Uh, he he didn't play during the week against Atletico Madrid. No. And no, it was because uh, of that reason that it was dropped. because of that reason that I dropped Matip because I didn't think he'd start. But now he's um, he's our main pairing. Yeah. Um, anything else to take from the game? I mean, Jota didn't return, which was a bit of a surprise. Neither did Mane. Um, uh, Fornals is surprising. Uh, he's playing really well this season. Uh, two goals in his last two games, but he's always in and around there. Him and Rama Bowen are uh, nice um, back three, or not back three, are nice three to have behind Antonio. Um, and if you could have all three as one player, that'd be quite good. But you can only <laughs> expect a return from them maybe once every two to three games. Uh, I, I, I don't think any of them will be consistent returners. Bowen is very way. consistent for me, on How consistent? Uh, like he got two assists in this game he got a goal and an assist in the last game I'd have to go through his history but like he's 
Hold on, though. I actually think I will go through his history. Um, Let's say here. starting, he didn't do anything up until the 19th uh, of September against United. And since eight, then. 8936755. Like, that's a return, like, every week. So he's returned five times in the last seven and didn't do anything before that. Okay, so uh, you're telling me five times in the last seven isn't good? No, I'm not saying it's not good. I'm saying over the year he's going to regress to his usual. Well, if you if, but if West Ham keep up this form, like you know, he's going to be in and around there. Um, I I think he's fine to have in your team. I don't think he's going to be as good as some of the other midfielders. But then again, there are very few midfielders. There are very few midfielders, though. So who do you pick up instead of him? Uh, I don't I'm, know. I, I'm not convinced he's going to be a, a returning attacker for the season very consistently. But we'll we'll see what happens. Okay, fair enough. Um, are there any other games you might uh, touch on? Um, we wanted to talk about some teams specifically, but we're also going to do a bit of a manager roundup. So we'll get to look at Spurs during that. Um, Arsenal, I have completely turned the corner at this stage, I believe. So I don't know if you want to touch on a few players who might be worth picking up. I, I myself want to get involved in the Arsenal defence. So um, anything that you to give us there, Steve? Well, like the the back four is pretty much set. Like it's going to be Tomiyasu, Ben White, Gabriel, and um, Tierney if he's fit, and if not, it's Nuno Tavares. So I'd say I would have thought usually those three are are available in most people's leagues. Um, so if you're looking to get into the Arsenal defence, definitely those lads. Gabriel maybe more so for his attacking threat from set pieces. Um, are there any other Arsenal lads after that? Like uh, Saka, Smith Rowe are always um, a good combination. Like Arsenal's best formation at the moment seems to be a four-two-three-one with the back four I just mentioned. Uh, it's going to be Lukongo and Partey if Partey's injured. Like Maitland Niles played this game. Um, Smithrow on the left, Saka on the right, and Lacazette behind Aubameyang. Um, Lacazette, especially if um, Aubameyang's taken off penalty duties, might be interesting. Because I don't think he's missed a penalty for Arsenal. I'm a touch surprised that Odegaard hasn't nailed down a spot there. Is it Lacazette is taking his spot? Yeah, pretty much. Um, Like Odegaard would usually be in that 10 role, or else he would play like a 4-3-3 with Odegaard kind of the furthest forward of the three. Um, But like, it's kind of like a, you know, when you've got a win in formula, you don't really go changing it, you know? Like, I don't see yeah, what, absolutely. I don't see what in these results would cause him to think I need to bring in Odegaard. He did, he did bring on in Odegaard after about 65 minutes, 70, uh, 70 minutes maybe, um, to finish off the rest of the game. And he, he would he should well he he had a goal but Aubameyang decided he was going to run offside and fucking tap it into the net for some stupid reason so he took the goal away from Martin Odegaard um who um who does put in a shift for the team and does do well but like Lacazette's just very good uh, so yeah Odegaard is uh Odegaard's a good substitute for uh, Lacazette or depending on how they might shape up against Liverpool maybe he gets a maybe he gets a run in because he's a bit more defensively minded but uh, for the most part, you'd be sticking with the formation that they have. Yeah, um, so I'm looking like if I was going picking anyone up, I think like Smith, Rowe, Saka and Aubameyang are gone in most teams. Uh, you could consider Lacazette if you have room in terms of a forward. Odegaard would be nice because obviously a lot of us have midfielders that we can chop and change. Um, but when he's not starting, hard to justify. Um, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks for that, Steve. I'll, I'll, I'll be getting them. At, uh, what about the wingbacks, fullbacks? Are they, are they, are they attacking? Uh, Tomayasu not so much I don't think he like he does get forward but his end product isn't maybe that great yet like he was a, when he played over at Bologna he was a right back slash right centre back in a back three so he didn't get that many assists or that many goals so if you're looking for anyone attacking wise it's probably going to be more Tierney or Nuno Tavares uh, is Tierney left. just back from injury or why was he not playing today or, or this week he was yeah, on the bench, but yeah, he's just coming back from injury. Yeah, keep so. an eye on Tierney. So. Um, okay, I think we've talked about everything we wanted from this week's fixtures, so um, maybe we'll move on to our manager roundup, unless you have anything else, Steve. No, sounds good. Let's do it. Let's go! 
So that was last week's or this week's fixtures. We're going to do a bit of a manager roundup now because we don't have Premier League next week due to another cunt and fucking international break. So God fucking damn it. Jesus Christ. Uh, fair sick. I'm, I'm, I'm going to move on. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's your week off this yeah. week and you have nothing to watch. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, f- I, there's there's five new managers what in like the last month that we kind of have to talk about, and the most interesting of all, I believe, is Antonio Conte at Spurs. So, um, what's your initial take, Steve? Um, good signing. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how long it takes him to adapt the squad to the style of play that we all know he likes to do, which is three at the back and uh, very regimented um, I think Kane is going to be the key um, for how well he does if he can get him backfiring and scoring goals then um, I think it just makes his life so much so much easier um, but there's definitely some holes in that squad that he's going to have to address and it'll be interesting to see what he has to work with in terms of money for the transfer window it'll also be interesting to see in terms of players he decides that he doesn't want in the squad uh, someone that instantly comes to my head is someone like Deli Ali, who I don't really think fits into the way he wants to play at all, and could very easily be out the door. But um, they lined up for this game exactly how you thought they would—a three-four-three, uh, three, or yeah, depending on which way you want to play it. Um, uh, Romero, Dyer, and Davies interesting as the left wing back. Maybe someone to keep an eye on there as a potential pickup if they continue with this formation. Um, but you wonder if uh, Tanganga comes in there maybe because he is a natural centre back. Does he move Romero to the left of the, or the centre of the of the three? Um, Emerson, Hoybjerg, Skip, and Regulon as the midfield four. Uh, Emerson, I'm not impressed by. I don't think he really offers that much going forward. Um, like I saw Matt Doherty get on for a sub appearance, which is interesting because. This, this is probably the formation where he had his most success in his whole career uh, with Nuno at Wolves. So maybe it's a bit of an, an opportunity for him to get back in after being you know, out in the cold. Um, Hoybjerg, uh, during the Euros when Eriksen obviously went down injured with his, his heart, um, t- stepped up and, and played a bit of a, a very important role for Denmark in terms of being able to be the player to link the back four with the front three. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of role um, Conte um, puts him into. Um, Lucas Moura, I just don't think is good enough. Um, but Son and Kane as like a two, and maybe a three-five-two is uh, is dangerous. So he's got some good players there, but definitely there's a lot of work to be done. And I think he even admitted as much after the match. I think he said uh, this was a good result for us. So that tells you how far away they are. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Conte, I'm looking at this lineup, probably isn't super impressed with the players he has. Um, Skip, uh, Hoiberg on most days, Davies, Dyer, Emerson, Moura are not fantastic players. Um, as, yeah, Son and Kane should be able to do the stuff, but um, no goals against a shit Everton is a bit disappointing. Um, when, yeah, when I look at this team, I try to compare it to Conte's good Chelsea when you had Costa up top, uh, so you've Kane there, you'd Hazard on the left. The only thing I'd say is that is that, that was after the, a, a transfer window or two. Yeah, so, yeah. and I, I, after a few transfer windows, Kante might get Spurs right as well. But um, yeah, this lineup certainly isn't as good as, as Chelsea's lineup back then. Um, and like maybe the biggest problem being the link-up play, as you mentioned, Heiberg might be able to do that job. And... Oh well, not as well as Cesc Fabregas. He was like that was one of the best seasons he might have ever played in his career. Like he was absolutely pulling the strings everywhere. So it didn't even matter who was playing beside him. Like he was doing everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you just had someone kind of able to defend beside him, that's mighty. So, like, do do you see Spurs then coming under a lot of pressure pretty soon because the style of football they want to play, they really don't have the players for. I'd be excited to see Doherty get in as a wing back, and I'd be interested to see someone else get into that midfield and play a bit of creative football and get it forward to the likes of Son and Kane. And but you know, that's just two players, two problems that need fixing. Out of like six that might need fixing, the centre backs, Davis and Dyer as centre backs doesn't inspire that much confidence. 
So no, but it does. It doesn't inspire that much confidence. But when you you actually have to th- consider that that's probably one of the, the um, parts of the squad that they're the deepest in. They have Christian Romero, Eric Dyer, Jaffa Tanganga, Davison Sanchez, and then they have Di- Davies who can deputize as a centre back, like he did in this game. So, like that's probably one of the areas of strength for this squad at the moment. Uh, and I was if you're to talk, I was, I was surprised to see Davison Sanchez on the bench and. and- I thought he was injured or something. I was sure he'd be he'd slot in there somewhere. Ah, uh, no, he's just a bit of a head case. But he's when on his day, he's one of the best. But like you know, those days aren't that common. Um, yeah, in terms of someone who can um kind of adopt that Cesc Fabregas role, maybe Giovanni Lascelso. But I mean, like, yeah, you mentioned Ali Ali. No, uh, I don't think he fits uh, Conte's style of play. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they put him on the transfer list in January or send him out on loan somewhere to get game time. I'd love to see the return of old Deli Ali, but unlikely. So would Deli Ali, but that's not always what we don't always get what we want. Um, Bama Deli. Um, so and like there, it, there's kind of nothing new to pick up here then for fantasy football. Kane and Son, we know are good. You're not confident in the defense yet. You know, I can't say five at the back. Could be a very good thing, but when you look at the players that are in it, it's a bit shocking. So, well, wait, wait they, they have the international break coming up, so he's going to get a bit more time to work with that squad. You do have to remember that he only had maybe one training session before they played on Thursday night, and then maybe one or two more until they played on um, Sunday. So, you know, you'd, I wouldn't say the, that I wouldn't pick up any defenders here. It kind of depends on who they're playing as well, but... You know, um, like Regalon is, I think, is probably someone who's going to um, do well in this system. He seems to like attacking anyway. So if he's given that freedom to to roam up uh, further upfield, uh, he's happy out. Um, Spurs, Marcus Alonso, one day maybe. I'm I'm not <laughs> rushing in here to pick up Eric Dyer or anything. I, I'm going to let this team settle for a month or whatever. Um, but yeah, I suppose keep an eye on it and maybe pick up a Spurs defender. Mm. Um, that's uh, that's Spurs under Conte. Uh, Villa have no manager. Is that, sorry? Is, is, did you mention that there's a favourite for Villa? You did. Yeah. So the reports coming out today are that Steven Gerrard uh, is going to be the well, he's going to be their target. Uh, they've apparently are going to approach Rangers and ask permission to speak to Steven Gerrard. Um, hasn't been. Uh, made clear whether Rangers are given permission or not, but he's eight to fifteen with the bookies, so he's he's the he's the odds-on favorite at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see what what happens there. But you know, given his success that he's had over in Scotland, you would fancy him to come in and do all right with that squad, especially considering all the talent he has to work with. Um, just looking briefly through his formations, he does like to play in a four-three-three. But that pro- that turns into a bit of a four-two-three-one in possession, maybe a bit of a four-four-two outside of it. Um, uh, he does seem to like to play out with the fullbacks, um, with the fullbacks out wide, and then, like like I mentioned with the four-two-three-one, one of the three midfielders will push further forward and almost act as a ten. Um, but he's very adaptable in terms of his formations, like. He isn't afraid to to mix it up depending on who he's playing. Mm, it's interesting. Um, I mean, like you know, when you look at Villa, you know they've obviously got two world class strikers in Watkins and Dings. Maybe not world class, two fantastic strikers. Um, I'm looking at uh, who's who's holding the midfield for them, and it's marvelous Nakamba. And I didn't even know McGinn was a centre mid. Does he not play as a bit of a winger at times? No, he's always been a central mid. I'm surprised about that, if I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah. No, he's, uh, maybe he's it's McGin- his, his attacking returns probably put me off last season. Yeah, McGinniesta, uh, yeah, as he was as he was called last season. But like you look at that team he's got there, you know, Maddie Cash and Matt Target are nice um fullbacks. Uh, they played pretty like you you know that like the thing is, right, a lot of these players are the same players from last season, so you know what they're capable of doing. It's just yeah. trying to get it out of them. We know Martinez on his, is one of the can be one of the best goalkeepers in the league. Matty Cash and Matt Target um, were regularly um, providing attacking with. Um, 
Mings and Kansa are a great uh, centre back pairing. Um, it's maybe so in the midfield is probably where they're lacking the most depth. Like you've got McGinn and Nakamba, but then you're kind of looking at the bench and you're thinking like, oh, I wonder if uh, Jacob Ramsey or Cameron Archer or Keenan Davis, who came on in this game against uh, Southampton, are going to do anything. They just don't. Yeah, they're definitely lacking depth in that midfield. But like in terms of attacking um, uh, players, you've got like Buendia, Bailey, El Ghazi, Watkins, Ings. Like you're you're kind of spoiled for choice in that regard. So Jared will have a lot to work with, um, and I think um, he'll probably be able to get the. I think he'll be able to get the most out of it. Um, Leon Bailey is just a bit of an interesting one. Like he showed what he could do in those twenty minutes when he came on, scored two goals, and was went off injured. But he's yeah. just been a bit off the boil since. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering what 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 can we take out of this fantasy wise and. We know Watkins and Ings are good. Do you rush in and pick up Bailey? Or he's kind of the only one. But Diaz is not available, probably. Um, I don't think you can rush in until you know for certain that who the manager yeah, is going yeah. to be. <laughs> yeah, like you're, you're taking a bit of a gamble there. Yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't be rushing in on any Villa players. Uh, I think we can gloss over Norwich and maybe have a quick chat about Newcastle with Eddie Howe at the helm. Um, I just real quickly, I would like to touch on the Norwich uh, just for two seconds, just because it was the two one seconds. Of the first, go! <laughs> it was one of the few times I saw a manager get sacked after winning a game. Like they beat Brentford and actually played all right, and then they still decided to get rid of him, which was interesting because he's been there for a long time now. Obviously, got them promoted before and relegated, and then promoted again. Um, like he, they've very, they've built like a kind of a culture there at Norwich that I think. The fans were very disappointed to see him go, but the club thought that it was probably the best move for the for them. So it's not like a, this isn't the cut and dry. Like yeah, it was the right decision. There's definitely there's definitely a bit of angst about it. But Frank Lampard, uh, Bucky's favorite at six to five to go in, kind of makes sense. Uh, I think he knows that this is probably an un, an, un, an unsavable situation, and they will be in the championship next season. But it'll give him good experience to get a get an idea of what his best uh, starting eleven is, who his who his best players are, and who he might need to bring in. So um, yeah, we'll see. But um, sad for Fark, and because he's 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 built something uh, more than what they what you see on the pitch. But uh, that was it for in terms of Norwich. So we'll move on now. Yeah, I won't. I won't yeah, I won't give them any more airtime. There's nothing to be <laughs> nothing to be gained out of them. Um, I'm looking at Newcastle's lineup and I'm thinking about what Eddie Howe might do with them. And when I think of Eddie Howe, I think of Callum Wilson and Ryan Fraser. Uh, and I see Callum Wilson at Newcastle and I see St. Maxime Mann. And I wonder, can we see something like that happen again? Um, if Callum Wilson stays fit, yeah, probably. Um, I don't think Ryan Fraser... Ugh, I'd be surprised if Ryan Fraser gets into this team at the moment. No, no, um, I, I, I don't think Ryan Fraser will be the Ryan Fraser of old, but rather <laughs> is Saint Maxi Man the new Ryan Fraser? Looks oh. the same. Oh no, he's better than uh, Ryan Fraser. He is, yeah. No, he is. Um, and can we no, expect so, the same type of attacking returns that we saw when Eddie Howe was at Burnmouth? Um, potentially. I don't think he's going to stick with this five at the back or three at the back. Uh, depending on which way you look at it, formation. Um, like he's going to play more attacking football, which is what he was known for at Bournemouth. Um, the, uh, you know, it just depends on certain personnel. The squad just isn't great. Like you've got, um, like, but you, you look at who they've got on the bench. Like um, Sean Longstaff isn't too bad. Joe Willock, they only signed for 30 million quid. Like Jamal Lewis is a, is a good fullback. Like I could see them going for a four four two maybe, and push Matt Ritchie up into a left midfield role, bring Jamal Lewis in at left back, um, Maximan maybe up top with Callum Wilson. Who, who are your two midfielders? Uh, yeah, that's probably the area. Um, well, it's probably, hmm. yeah. Unless you go you with a four two three, you unless don't you want go with to a... start Shelby and Willocks are probably too attacking. You might put him on. Um. Yeah. Or maybe you start. Roles. Maybe you start Longstaff. I think Longstaff is maybe a little bit underrated. Um. 
Isaac, you know what? It's probably Longstaff and Isaac Hayden for me, really. But um, I can see where I can see where you're coming from there. But uh, like I, I do think it's gonna be tough for it's gonna be tough for him uh, up until January. I think January is gonna be key for them um, in terms of who they decide to bring in to help strengthen the squad, who they get rid of just to to free up numbers. Um, yeah, like, but I, the the, I, the I thing find is it that hard to move away from the back five when I I just don't know who's who's uh, shielding in front of a back four um, because I I reckon you you walk through Newcastle's midfield at the moment. Yeah, I mean maybe, but that like the thing is we're so used to watching them be managed under Steve Bruce that we don't know what they'd be like otherwise. Like so, maybe it's a bit hard to imagine that, but I think Eddie Howe can. Um, like he's done it before we've seen him do it with Bournemouth where he's taken squads who probably aren't good enough to be in the Premier League and get them there and keep them up there where he fell down at Bournemouth was recruitment the players Very they brought in so. for the prices they brought them in at were ridiculous uh, Jordan Ibe Dominic Solanke Jefferson Lerma just to name a few Brewster like all... oh no sorry that was Sheffield no that was Sheffield yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in January Um like this season is all just about surviving and staying in the league until they can start really start kind of turning this turning this club around I see them staying up I think Alan Wilson is too good to be in a team that goes down like say Massey Man is a <laughs> but he wasn't at Bournemouth yeah I don't know they, they stayed up for a long time but I, I, I see as some high quality ballers in this team um, and I'd like to see him stay up Surprised that Joe Willock didn't get a sniff against Brighton, but maybe. I'm surprised you're such a big Joe Linton fan. Joe Linton, I fucking love Joe Linton. He's going straight <laughs> in my team, dropping Ronaldo. Please do. Um, but in fact, um, you know what we'll do? I'll pick up Joe Linton, and then I'll, I'll and then we can trade for him. I'll trade you him. How's that sound? Just so, just to make sure no one else can can get him for you. Just so as not to upset it. Yeah, that sounds like a deal. We'll uh, we'll see how that goes over the international break. Um, mm. And again, not much to pick up at Newcastle. Obviously, uh, is Wilson available? I think Wilson's available in some leagues. So. Wilson is available, yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I will be keeping a close eye on him. Um, so the last manager to mention is Ranieri at Watford, uh, who do have some players that are worth considering, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd like to hear them. Sir, for a, start. a forward, yeah. Considering I, all the I'd, forwards that are available, I'd take in him over league. Tony. No, I wouldn't. Oh, I would. Mm-mm. I think I think Tony's past it. Um, yeah, I wouldn't no, be bringing in Josh King. But uh, Ismaili Sir, yeah, absolutely. Um, how does Renieri turn this into the Leicester of old? And he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't have Kante, he doesn't have Mares, he doesn't have Vardy, therefore he does not. So he has to buy all those players? Um, He did, was not part at all of buying any of those players. I think maybe Kante, I think that's the story is that Ranieri locked him in a room until they agreed on a contract. But I mean, like, you're looking, who are you looking at? Uh, Fraser, uh, ben Foster, D- Danny Rose, Nkulu, who I think was the former Spurs centre-back? No, he was at Marseille. I remember him from FIFA. That's why. <laughs> Craig Cathcart, Kiko Feminia, Musa Sissoko, Dennis, some guy called Tufan, some guy called Kuka who got sent off against Arsenal, Ismail Yassar and Josh King who spent uh, half a season at Everton and didn't even score a goal and then played Everton and scored like three. Like, I don't know. I like There's there's new manager bounce and I think they got that in the 5-3 five, five, against Everton. But, like, I just... There's no. I don't see any reason to be optimistic here. Who's there? Who's on their bench? João Pedro, Juan Hernandez, Ashley Fletcher, Tom Cleverley still knocking about. Adam Messina. Yeah, like no. <laughs> the, the, the it's just a case of whether Ranieri gets the sack before the end of the season because Watford love to rotate managers. I feel like Watford are a bit of a Mitchell bear, and that you just need a little bit more faith. <laughs> <laughs> well that's good we'll do another bet you bet on Wofford and I'll bet against Wofford and we'll see how we end up 
Uh, no, I feel like I've just had the worst take ever. I was thinking about the <laughs> place at Watford, like, and it's just Ismaili, sir. I Ladies and take, gentlemen, we got him. I wouldn't take Josh King in a month of Sundays. Um, just, yeah. Um, yeah, let's gloss over Watford. <laughs> well, those uh, are kind of all of the, the new uh, vacant manager roles that are available. Um, it, it does kind of... Um, further emphasize the fact that uh, United refused to move on from their um, their manager and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer um, just purely for the fact that I think they wouldn't have an interim player, a person who could take over, um, even maybe till the end of the season or less and they don't have a long term solution as to who they'd bring in, like I mean Zidane, maybe, I don't know like, there's no there's no plan like they're they're running it more for a commercial standpoint than they are a football standpoint, and they seem fine for him to carry on as is, uh, because they think he'll probably still just about manage to get top four. Yeah, like it's you kind of have Ole and Ronaldo in there to appease the fans in a sense, you know, or at least Ole was there to appease the fan for for a time, and now they're in limbo land. So best of luck to him. Yep, uh, nothing more to add really then, other than yeah. that. Uh, but just to sum up the managers, um, you're interested in the Spurs defence with Conte, but the rest you're kind of waiting on. I'd be excited to see what Villa do, because there's a lot of talent there. Uh, Norwich, Watford, and uh, Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, I'll see what Wilson does under a new manager. But um, mainly, mainly what happens with Spurs under Conte is kind of the exciting bit. Hopefully they become valuable assets in time um, not too good though because I am an Arsenal fan I do I do enjoy when Spurs are shite not too good um, I think that's the manager's roundup. unless you have any final words for Stephen Meiselbach no I'm good okay here we go it's the most exciting part of the podcast we're going to do the draw for the cup are you excited Stephen I am I can't stop talking <laughs> I had a double espresso today and I'm flying it since. Um, all right, so I have numbers 1 to 16. Gary and Ray are knocked out of the cup. Everyone else is super excited to be involved. Um, yeah, let's go for the first name out of the pot. Drum roll, Steve. No. Well, it's you. It's number six, Steve M. That's hilarious. Oh, nice. Okay. And I can stop Steve, listening now. <laughs> well, you have the home game, but you don't know who you're playing yet doesn't matter it's number 11 guess who it is um mark gary it's call oh okay it was Merrick. i thought um, I, I thought after everything we talked about during the pod <laughs> i thought it'd be him could have been him or mitch so the next home game goes to own dylan and he's going to be playing number two stephen lines Owen Dillon, of course, one of the higher finishers last season, got into the playoffs. Yeah, but he's fallen off a cliff a this season. How does Steve keep getting all these fucking lucky matchups? Jesus Christ. God only knows. Number three for the third home game is Mitchell Barr, and he's going to be playing number 14, Connor Skeen. Oh, so Glenside Reunion. Glenside Reunion, yeah. Number 12, Connell McMullen is going to be getting a home fixture versus uh, 11's already gone myself oh Connell against Owen interesting number 5 Andy Harrington gets a home game versus Owen Dillon so there are two buddies now oh no he doesn't (laughs) number 9 Mark Classy Mark versus Andy. Bottom of the table fodder there. Mark's uh, in 10th. Yeah, he's too shite. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Tyg then is going to play... Who's he going to play? Mark Gary. Okay. Two PE teachers there who don't ever teach PE. but Don't ever teach, do period, I think. Yeah, I think so. So number 13, then Porik is going to face... Thomas. Uh, is that all that's left? No, I was just guessing. Ah. Uh, <laughs> himself. No. 
Uh, so the same numbers keep coming up now. Is Thomas the only one this week? <laughs> I don't Two, know. Three, you four, you have five, the sheet, six. not me. Uh, the same names keep popping up here. Maybe just reduce this the numbers down to who's left. He's, no. He's coming up against John, number seven. Okay, fine. <laughs> and then... You can cut out some of this because I'm just like waiting for a name that I haven't seen before. <laughs> no, this all stays in. No, do you, do you want to sing a song while we're waiting? No, that was the bet. I'm not going to fucking give up the bet before it's even happened. Give me oil in my lung. Keep me burning. Or lamp. Just take the take whoever's uh, left and reduce it down to that number. Three, four, that way you'll get it five, straight six, away. Seven. There's only two people left. So then they and automatically they are... match up. Thomas and Paddy. Hey. hey, we did it, boys. Yeah, so there we go. Steve M versus Cahill, Owen Dillon versus Steve Lines, Mitch versus Connor Skeen, Connell versus Owen, Andy versus Mark Clausey, Tig versus Mark Gary, Porig versus John, and Thomas versus Patrick Brennan. Uh, that's your cup fixtures coming up game week 12, which is the next game week. And uh, two week game weeks after that, we get another European fixture. Um, yeah, um, I think we can end the pod, Stephen. End the pod? Did I say Ed? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, okay, sounds good. Um, yeah, uh, now good pod. Good to recap uh, everything. Um, and uh, think about better times as we head towards the. Uh, the nuclear winter that is the international break but uh we'll 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 plow on through it the best we can there's an exciting guest next week yeah yeah we're not giving anything away like last time because we teased that guest and then they weren't on for another two episodes it's not going to be conal mcmullen that's all i'm oh, saying for fuck's sake right okay uh, will we end the pod there own let's do that slon good luck goodbye 